Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There's only four games to go through with this week, but I reckon we do this NRL SC Talk podcast better in threes. It's JT joined by Lakey as always. I'll skip over you, mate, because we've got Sounds a good. special We've got a very special <laughs> Alex. Big bad Alex Christie, you're in the top 1K and you are our guru tonight. How are you, buddy? Yeah, not too bad. Just happy to be back where I belong. Top 1K, it's been a bit of a grinder this year, which I haven't been used to in the last couple of years, but... All right, I've made it and just got to keep tracking along. You certainly nice do to, because nice I think- to hear you're staying yeah. humble too, mate. It's, it's very refreshing. <laughs> yeah, look, I'd like to stay grounded. It's good to have guys like you around. I'm a little disappointed, Leahy, because normally we have an effect on people on this podcast and that is to take them completely the opposite direction to where they're normally heading. Uh, so when we last had Alex on, I think, what did you say you were? Uh, uh, I was roughly around 1,500, 1400th. And where are you now? Uh, about 800th. What have we done wrong, Lakey? Mate, I, I, it was just an off week. I, everybody can rest assured that we have not lost our superpowers. How did uh, Benny go last week? We had him on and he was in top 150 form. Yeah, he literally messaged me, I think, the second that lockout opened. I don't know. He must just, he's a public servant, so it probably explains it. But went from 140th to 220th, a huge slump. Yeah. The big fella yeah. himself. Like, I mean, 80, 80 places in one week. Disgraceful. Right. Delete team. So, yeah, the superpowers are still there, and we'll get Alex before a night's out. Oh, I mm. feel like I've felt the effects of it more than any person has. So I, I believe in your abilities. I just got lucky. Mm. Well, it's a really interesting round, actually. This is the make or break, I reckon, for Supercoach. Every single year, this is the last hurrah. If you're going to make a, a run for it into the run home, this is the week where you can get a jump on the competition because it's the bye week. There's four teams playing, a hell, or eight teams playing, four games. There's a hell of a lot of players that are missing this week. And it's also that um, you juggle up. Do you just get a warm body for round 17 or do you get someone that you genuinely want to play with uh, for the rest of the year? Yeehaw. Uh, so we'll go through all of that. It's a, uh, a huge moving week in Supercoach. Teamless Tuesday news. Thankfully, we've got Lakey on board. Alex, you're obviously the guru with uh, with trades and doing everything right this year given where your position is we'll chat through that we'll go through captains and vice captains so a fairly standard pod in a fairly unstandard week but i guess to uh to recap how did your boys how did you guys go in the last round so a uh, bit of wet weather around bit of a few ups and downs lakey i'll start with you how did you fare in round 16 it was also a down for me mate i um Really struggled. I went safe with, uh, we talked about it last week. I went Isaiah Papali'i um, because it was going to be a wet weather weekend. And I thought, you know, he'll churn out through some, atta- uh, not attacking, just some um, workhorse stats anyway. 
he knocked up a 38. He was my captain. And it's the first time in almost two years, I think, that he scored under 40 points. I went back and checked it out. It was late 2020. Just I can sure pick them this year. So it's absolutely left me in a hole and I dropped another 3K. Huge, Matt. I'm pretty sure I'm ahead of you, but I was going to bring that up later. But yeah, I mean, horrible week for Isaiah Papali because we thought, I think we said it on the pod last week, wet weather in Sydney was looking dire. Ford's game. And then out of nowhere, some random backs started scoring well. Ford's didn't. It was a strange old week. Uh, I think I ended up captaining Cleary, which saved me maybe 30, 40 points. So I was more than happy to take that. Uh, Alex, how did you go? Um, yeah, I, I did the same. I captained Cleary. I was, I was actually, was, the whole week, it was between Cleary and Papali'i for me. Um, so happy I went the way I did. Uh, I finished on 11.95, so almost at the 1,200 mark, and I did got about 150 spots. Um, but yeah, no, I had Tarpany, Hines, Manu, they, Tago, they all played, they all really boosted me up. Dylan Edwards as well in his final game for the team. Dylan Edwards. Yeah, it's a yeah. good pod play, mate. He's been killing yeah. it this year. He's been quietly going about it and knocking up 70s and 80s. Oh, I was quite happy with around 13 trade-ins of Tarpany and Edwards, and they've been killing it for me ever since. My only real weak points were Crichton um, and Harry Grant, who was my VC. Obviously, Ice, but everyone has Papali'i. So, yeah, Crichton and Harry Grant really let me down. But other than that, it was a pretty good week for myself. I have to say, I reckon, I don't know about you, Lakey, Angus Crichton should have been sent off for that disgraceful effort on the Panthers kick chase. I mean, that was disgusting. I mean, if there was ever a send-off in a game, <laughs> Angus Crichton needed to go. Those I'm not uh, extra points. Those extra points he got. Are you an owner? Yeah. Yeah. I'm oh, not biting. Okay. Well, I'm on my own there. <laughs> it's disgraceful. Uh, no. I'm filthy out from the weekend. As a Tarpany owner was Cody Ramsey. I'm happy that Tarpany didn't get the try because I'm a Dragons fan. Tarpany was well and truly over the line when Ramsey clotheslined him. And I was screaming because I wanted the try. Obviously, still at the line break, but... God, I was happy we won the game still. That's it. Uh, I love that. The old uh, super coach versus actual NRL team. Thought that we all did well last week, boys. Lakey, you were yeah, special. Win. Jeez. That's right. Hey? I mean, it was the Titans, and it was more of a case that they lost the game than we won it. But, you know, wins a win. I'm going to take that. I'm happy days. Edric put up an absolute monster game with uh, out on the left wing. So, uh, yeah. I'm sure we called that. Don't do you remember also talking about Edric Lee five tries? I'm pretty sure Uh, we. we, I think we had. um, It was a three and a half line, and we both went over. Oh, hundred percent. I said at least five. Like, and if anything, there'll be one really dodgy one in there that makes the Knights get home. But uh, anyway, I did watch the game in Townsville with a uh, Titans fan, so that might have clouded my judgment. But uh, (laughs) good to hear you boys made it through relatively unscathed. Before we get into it all, uh, maybe a quick wrap around with trades that's a huge talking point at this stage of the year i've personally blown through quite a lot so i have one more boost left which i'm using this week uh which i i think i have 10 10 trades before making any moves uh so far in 17 alex how many have you got left uh before trades this round i've got 12 but i've got two boosts so i do plan on boosting this round um so that leaves me with eight trades and a boost lakey yeah i'm just um I've got 13 trades left, but just the one boost. So looking to use that this week. Um, unless, like I say, I went through a little bit earlier and had a look at um, the guys that are available to us this week, and I'm not uh, enamored with anybody really. So if I can find four guys that I want to get in, I'll use that boost, but otherwise I might save it for that run home. 
As I've been saying for weeks, mate, Captain Joe Offerhen Goway. He's been staring us in the face for weeks to come. It's <laughs> your chance. Use your boost, whatever. Well, whatever you need to to get this bloke in. Absolutely frothing him. But then, no, interesting. So we're all in sort of different boats here. So, like you and I are just trying to claw up numbers and exactly. take it into yep. the top 10K. I'm 12,000th. So I'm ahead of you. Uh, how good. But, uh, yeah, obviously, Alex, business end of the year. So uh, I'm not sure if you finished top 1K before or what your PB is. Um. I'm pretty sure I'm, I might have scraped in once or twice. I've only this is only my third year playing, but yeah, this if I get top one k this year, it'll be third year in a row. So just is, once or twice, which means you basically scored you top one k every hundred percent of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Batting a thousand over here and just doing it quietly. Absolute hero. Well, we will see to that on the SC report, surely, Lakey and myself. Anyway, we'll get into the Round 17 news. Obviously, a bit of um, team list. I I think it's been a a little bit less surprising than previous years. We've got a few good pieces of news and a few bad. Uh, We'll go into some of the guys we're trying to get in. The big one, Ryan Pappenhausen. Uh, Didn't he absolutely kill our hopes last week with that uh, 10-minute spree of about I don't know, 7,000 points. Uh, I'll talk about some trade uh, trade outs. There's a couple of guys on the list who are either playing Origin or carrying a niggle. We'll chat about some of those guys and who we want to move on. Uh, some of the pods. Obviously, this is the time of year where you're trying to make up numbers. So you go on a pod this week that's playing 17 that you can carry home. That's the big question. Captains, vice captains, and then, uh, yeah, any other bits and pieces, JT's joke corner may make its uh, appearance, may rear its very attractive head. Last time I left you guys in, uh, well, steering the ship for that one, and you absolutely blew it. Lakey, yeah. your delivery is terrible. We'll get it's into dry. that. Alex, you, I don't know if you're just too young to appreciate good humour, but, uh, yeah, you really let the side down. So I'm back here. JT's Joe Corner is back. Got some mailbag mail, so looking forward to sharing that love. Anyway, I'm sure you can't wait. That's that's all from me. Lakey, I'm going to throw over to you because you're the Teamless Tuesday guru. So I don't have my news soundbar, but I have this one. They're all rockers. You are the rocker in my heart. You are the absolute rocker. So I'll let you take it away for round 17, eight games of, well, Big uh, four games. Jeez, four I've games, that up eight twice. teams, mate. There yeah, say it's only is not much. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's, it's only the to you, baby. It's only the eight teams. So I'll just run through them team by team real quickly. Um, hit the main points. Cifa, CSC for is out, obviously in the New South Wales camp. But Nico's available to us. He missed out on 18th man, so he will be able to play for us this weekend. And the one that's going to affect you, Juzzy, is McInnes is benched again. He got the chop uh, heading into kickoff last weekend, came off the bench, and he's doing the same again this week. One for, of my classic guys. That's it. Um, for the Storm, they're missing their big guy. So Cheese has moved into hooker. It's Brennan Smith for those who aren't familiar. Um, and the two wingers, the two cheapy wingers, Iremia and Anderson, are both remain there, which is good for a number, but Anderson didn't look overly impressive last week, so it might be a bit of an AE going forward. The Knights get back uh, Bradman Best at centre, replacing uh, essentially Dane Gagai straight swaps for swap, and uh, Jaden Braley makes his first appearance of the season after rupturing Achilles in the preseason. So any Chris Grandall owners, if you've been holding for this round in particular, that's a bit of bad news for you because he's now going to be sharing duties with Braley. Um, 
their opponents south. South have been absolutely decimated. Them and the Broncos have been the worst hit teams this weekend. Not only are they missing Origin players, but you know South have got uh, Campbell Graham's fractured his cheekbone last week. He's going to be missing six to eight weeks or something like that. Mark Nichols copped a massive head knock. He's been named at lock, but he's clearly going to be in um, a close watch heading into kickoff. Hame Sele, uh strained a hammy, I believe, so he's out as well. So it's a very, very fresh-looking south side. Uh, Latrell's back. Isaiah Tass is still there for us at centres. I don't know about you guys, but I've all but written him off as a buy-round option for us. So this is um, a big tick for me uh, personally with my side. Was, it's an um, extra number. Do you remember the guy, this was, I think it was a round 13 play, a guy that disappeared from our sides for ages and made a reappearance, I'm pretty sure for the Bunnies, not uh, maybe a year or two ago. This is similar task. Tane Milne? It might have been Tane Milne. Tane Milne, because I picked him up last year and he scored a double or a triple or something during the buy round. Out of nowhere. And I'm just, yeah, useless again for the rest of the season, but laughing that way. (laughs) But you literally, you carried this guy, I don't know if it was Tunneman or someone, you carried him for ages and ages, and out of nowhere, he made a uh, made an appearance in the all-important all we, we killed it. But the real kicker yep. here is, um, you know, South are missing Murray and Cook and um, Sele, Nichols is un- in doubt, Arrow's out at origin, Trent Peoples still nowhere to be seen. So no, no idea killer. what's going on with that guy. Love that. That's a killer. It's it's unfortunate, but uh, yeah, it's, the writing was on the wall. He wasn't even making um, the bench for the reserve grade, so there's no chance he was getting back in the top team. Other interesting point for me with Bunnings is Nikarima and Taff are named together on the bench, which seems a bit odd to have two utility type guys. So I'm wondering if there's not a bit of mucking around by Demetrio, um, and this will change come game day. Tigers, uh, big one for me. Adam Dewey is starting, but in centers, which. I don't get it, man. Like They looked so much better on the weekend when he was on the field and steering the side around and he took over all the kicking duties. And, you know, they weren't good. It's still the Tigers, but they looked better than they were doing in the first half. And he just, um, he just, I don't know. I don't know what Kamali's doing. Shunted him out to the centers, but I don't know. They don't pay me the big bucks. Um, Fanua Pole is still on the bench, which is good news. And Justin Matamua is um, making his debut on the bench as well. He's supposed to be a stud. He played in the under-19 origin game. I don't know if you boys caught that one. He was really good in that um, that uh, sort of curtain raiser on rep weekend. For the Eels, Matto is back in basically a straight swap for Junior Paula. And um, that's it. The rest of the team remains the same as the one that got decimated last week by the Bunnies. So they're looking for a bounce back. Broncos. Except Ron Madison, isn't, is he not back? I said that. He came back yeah, in for Matto back in for I yeah. hated that news, actually, as a non-Matto owner. I yeah, heard was... rib complaints for a while. I thought he's gone. Here he is, 13. Just before we go on, is he? Is there some conjecture there? I'd, I'd say he's still... Um, it, he was named last week and got removed before game day. So it could be a bit of 50-50 on him. Um, but the extra week break probably has helped get him back in. For those non-owners, you're kind of hoping that he played last week to drop some coins so you could afford him a bit more this week, but it's almost uh, worst-case scenario, really, the the Matto owners. Don't get anyone jumping on him for cheap, and they get an extra number for this week. So, you know, good news for you guys. Broncos, as I said, completely decimated. Tessie New comes back in at fullback for TMM. 
Zach Hosking is debuting on the edge, but uh, only is filling in for Kurt Capewell, so he won't be there for long term. And same with South Lake. they got um, Corey Pate and Tyson Gamble are together on the bench, so it's another bit of an interesting one. You'd think Pate comes on for Billy Walters at some stage, but what does Gamble do? Does he affect Ezra Mam? Is he there to to give the young fella a spell? I don't, I don't know how they're going to play that out. We'll check in with you guys after to see if you've got any ideas. And um, Alex, your boy is Sullivan in for Ben Hunt. That's the only change they've made after a controversial win over the Raiders, shall we say? Um, tough thought. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'll allow it. I mean, if, if Raiders fans are going to complain about the non-penalty at the end, then we should be complaining about the non-penalty try. <laughs> I, was no, I didn't mean to open that Pandora's box, but no, yeah, no, no, no. Before I get the ball rolling, hang on. Hang on, hang on. <laughs> what, what was the non? What was the non penalty try? When Su- I think it was Suli who scored. Rapina went diving in, like legs or knees first to his head, and it was never called back for a penalty try. What about off air when you said Joe Tarpanay should have scored that? Uh... Penalty try. Oh, he absolutely was going over for Cody Reams. He took off his head. And while I appreciate that because we won the game and we're still a top eight team going for that premiership title, I would have loved Joe Tarpany's 17 points there. He didn't need him. He's, he's an absolute gun. He's Actually, flying. Can we just segue to Joe Tarpany. Boys, both owners? No. Uh, yeah, I got him in round 13. So since I've got him, he's averaged about 85. Yeah, there you go. Unlucky, Lakey. But Joe Tarpano, I mean, the biggest thing with him is the minutes. And uh, obviously not playing 17, so we're not talk about too much about him. But I just thought um, everything he's done so far in the last sort of two months has been absolute gold. Are we just mm-hmm. – I mean, what's going on? Obviously, it's not a – I wouldn't even say it's a testament to his minutes. Obviously, before, you know, he'd, he'd get games in the 40s. But before the last game against the Dragons, he had, that was the most minutes he's had in a game all year. He's only played over 60 minutes three times, and that was one of them on the weekend. And the four weeks before that, he played, he, he probably averaged about 55 minutes. Hmm. It's just work rates like gone through the roof. It's just, yeah, so just something like switched, and he's just realized that he's one of the best front rowers in the comp. Tell you what, old mate uh, Papali cannot buy a trick. I don't know what it is, but like Origin gets no minutes, Raiders gets no minutes. I mean, what's going on? He's a former super coach. Great. They keep him fresh for the run home, mate. That's all it is. No, I don't know what it is either. You'd think, especially in origin, we were getting towed up through the middle at stages. We, Queenslanders, were getting towed up through the middle and and they just, you know, Papali, he didn't come back on at all until the last 10 minutes game was over. Bizarre, um, I think. Maybe it features a little bit more this time around. We may to be seeing. Yeah, I'd love to see him off the bench personally for Queensland. So, when, if he's coming on fresh and just you know get, get doing the same role where originally he's told by Billy for the first fifteen twenty minutes go as hard as you can, then you'll come off for fifty minutes. If he's coming on after thirty and be like for the last ten minutes of the half go as hard as you can, then New South Wales are going to be tired in the middle there, and it's going to be a struggle to stop him. Hmm. Yeah. It certainly would be, but it's been a I don't know a strange old year for him. Uh, especially at the Raiders. I think Ricky plays silly buggers with the minutes a lot of the time. And That's what Tarpanay's, kept him away from Tarpanay yeah. at the early stages. We've seen it so, happen year after year where Tarpanay has a couple of big games and then gets reeled in, whether it's his work rate or Ricky playing, uh, mucking around with the team. But 
And he's doing it this again this year with switching guys out. Adam Elliott's been one of their best over the last few weeks, and he got relegated to the bench before kickoff last Future week. Future Knights. Oh, still Future Knights like Premiership winner, Knights. isn't he? Yeah, that's right. So, <laughs> but, yeah, so he's still mucking around with team despite the guys uh, in those positions playing very well, which is what uh, kept me back from grabbing Tarpane when he first went on his run, and I'm regretting it now. He's been absolutely tearing it apart and doesn't look like slowing down. Boys, just before we get on to the, uh, the Pappenhausen, the, the trade-in, trade-outs, captains, all that kind of thing, one big question that a lot of coaches ask at this time of year is who is the right cheapy or who is the right nuff? So nuff for those that aren't um, familiar with the term is a guy that will not play week to week generally. Uh, the guy that your fingers crossed will not make it onto the 17 or anything like that. And a guy that you could hopefully with dual positioning shuffle around. So we're looking at this week. If you're trying to make some cash grabs and there's a lot of expensive players potentially available and one that we'll get into. But just looking at those team lists, like I think the Broncos have quite a few on offer there. Uh, Anyone else and and the Tigers potentially uh, one or two, but uh, anyone that you'd be jumping at from a Nuff perspective? I don't know about jumping at, but the one that stood out to me is Zach Hoskin because uh, making his debut for the Broncos, starting on an edge, so he's getting the nod over Xavier Willison, uh, Reese Kennedy. I, I know they're bigger forwards, but we know when Kurt Capewell comes back from origin, that's his spot, so, and he plays 80 minutes, and Jordan Ricky's on the other side, so I don't think Hoskin's going to be featuring too much in the back end of the year once they start to get their troops back on deck. But in saying that, Injury curse at um, the Broncos at the moment is just doing a number on their side. So you never know who's going to be there week to week. Anyway, um, maybe Hoskin mm-hmm. does come back in and ruin something for you down the track. But, yeah, he's the one that stood out to me playing on that edge and getting the start. So my thing this week is that you need someone that's going to score pretty well. Like, yes, they'll play one game and then hopefully just you know veer off into the sunset. But you want someone that's going to score reasonably okay this week. Uh, anyone cheapy that's that's caught your eye, like Pole for the Tigers, like is he? He scored okay last week, I think a forty or or thereabouts. But yeah, you know, who's going to actually score okay? Who's going to score okay this week and then be that enough that we can shuffle around afterwards? It, it's hard with Pole because he is coming off the bench still. He he played forty two minutes last week and scored forty four. But he's had 37 tackles um, and only missed one or two outside of that. So he's a very, very defensively sound player. I've seen nothing but good reports on him, but he's not going to be coming on. And we know it's the Tigers. They're not going to be putting up attacking stats across the board. I don't think he's in line for too many of those. He could be a safe 35-type player, but you, you want more that's sort of... It's right on the cusp of being an AE issue. So um, I do like the way he plays, and I do think he's probably worth a punt, but it's it could back come, very easily come back to bite you in the ass. Alex, anyone from you that's caught the eye? Um, I'm personally trading in Jed Cartwright just because he's got that. <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah. This guy. Well, he's got the dual center wing second row, and I've got, uh, Isaac Tago and uh, Talakai in there, so it kind of works with those flipping around for matchups and things like that. Obviously, plays this week on the edge for the Bunnies. I did originally have a look at Pole and stuff like that, but what throws me off is that this week they've got James Tarmow back, uh, mm-hmm. Musgrove only played thirty minutes last week, Stefano on the bench, then they've got that other um, rookie on the bench as well who can play in the forwards. So 
I don't know. Like it, it's not a bad option. I can't really. Uh, he could stay in the team, make a little bit of money, but um, I can't see him scoring amazingly again. Or, or not amazingly, but as good as he did last week. That's what throws me off. I just I think even with the bunnies decimated forward pack, they probably still win and win decently against the Knights. Hey, mm. So I think Jed Cartwright's probably the best shot at um, someone who will score okay this week and not play from here on out. Um, one thing to mention, though, with Muffs... Uh, Muffs, sorry, Muffs, Nuffs, okay, go on. Uh, with, the Muffs, <laughs> uh, with, with the Nuffs, is that for, if you're looking purely for people who aren't going to play whatsoever for, say, that you're, you're filtering down for your final, you know, 18, 19 for the end of the season, getting players from the Knights, Tigers, and Dragons are your best bet just because for their last six rounds, they're all in the last four games of the weekend. So they'll be the best for looping for your vice captaincy. Yeah, interesting. Because yeah. that's how I think uh, it caught out a few people uh, that I know last week having no sort of enough available post Pappenhausen killing it in the last 10 minutes. So a lot of people looked at Pappy as a VC loop option and, and a lot of people were successful at that, but uh, others didn't have that available option. So the really big thing here with these nuffs is that they will not play. 100% just will not yeah. will be out of the game, as you said, played later in the week, ideally, um, and that as well. So I think, yeah, Jed Cartwright, that, that name struck me. I did not realise he was actually playing in the yeah, starting number side. 12, yeah. baby. On the oh edge. Could this be the greatest? All right, quick uh, quick chat. Is he going to be the greatest enough of all time in season 2022? Plays one week, maybe darts over for a try, scores, you know, 60, 70, 80. And then disappears. Oh, I thought that'd be Trent Peebles. I didn't think I'd need Jed Cartwright, but here we are. Lakey, do you reckon he's the greatest nuff of all time? About no. to about to appear. No. What? I'm going out. Who's the greatest nuff? No. Doesn't matter. It's not Jed Cartwright this week against the Knights. It's a hundred percent Jed Cartwright. I mean, who's he going to keep out? <laughs> oh, clip that. Clip it. <laughs> the mighty Knights that still almost gave up the game against the Titans were it not for a dodgy Edric Lee try decision. Anyway. Uh, all good. So a fair bit happening in Teamless Tuesday News. I think it's uh, thrown up more questions than answers. We'll get into the trade-ins and trade-outs, captains, and all that sort of stuff. I think we will take a break. We'll come back with JT's Joke Corner. Boys, I'm sure you are more than ready for this one. It's going to absolute cracker. It's some fan mail. So look forward to that. We'll catch you back soon. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Guys, JT's Joke Corner, 
Uh, one of the fan favorite segments so far this season. Uh, Lakey, you've been very underwhelming with your delivery. Do you have anything to say for yourself despite being a uh, dad of three? No, nothing at all. Really? Nothing at all. Like nothing you at all. can't even, you haven't no. put in the effort to, to find the joke. You haven't put in the effort no. for delivery. No. You've had this I want young no, stallion on no the- part. I want no part of this subpar segment that you've got going on week to week. <clears throat> it's a fan favorite, mate. Uh, Alex, you're obviously far too young, hopefully, well, don't know, but well clear of being a uh, being a dad. So maybe you just don't appreciate the dad jokes quite as much. But the last time you were on here, you were very, I don't know, non-committal about your laughter. Oh, I'd say I can appreciate a good dad joke. Okay. Mm. All right. Well, get ready for one because we've got a fan mail uh, submission. How do you tell the gender of an ant? Put it in a cup of water. If it sinks, it's a girl ant. If it floats, it's boy ant. I've heard that one before and I actually don't mind that one. That one is clever. Yeah. Well played. <laughs> that might bring it back. <laughs> that one comes in from Harrison Day. Uh, loves the pod but hadn't heard the JT's joke corner for quite a while. So I'm glad to bring it back for you, buddy. Thank you very much. All The more fan submissions, the better. Because then Lakey and, and Alex here feel less or feel more guilty about not laughing at them. So no. because that was a fan submission, <laughs> no. I'm assuming that's why you gave it a little bit more. A uh, little bit no, more. No, not at all. Old mate cursed me out before he even got to the joke, so I got no love for him. <laughs> he I- did. He made sure. He made sure <laughs> that's I would right. not let you deliver. So yes, <laughs> love you. Love I you, appreciate it. I appreciate the joke <laughs> in spite of Harrison. Thanks for listening, mate. Uh, JT's joke corner for round 17. It's actually Harrison Day's joke corner. So thank you very much. Uh, all right, boys, let's get into the super coach business for the week. So we've talked about some trade-ins and trade-outs. I think this week, more than any, there's a huge uh, elephant in the room here, and that is Ryan Pappenhausen. So we all know what he did last week. So it came out of nowhere. I think he was on 30 with about 10 to go and scored 700 tries, set a few up, broke a few line breaks, uh, all that kind of kind of gear, got him to about 130. Horrible for non-owners, great for people that jumped on early. But for round 17 and beyond, huge price tag. Is he worth getting in this week and how can we do it? Daniel Lake, let's throw to you first. Pappenhausen must have. I think so. I uh, started the year with him and I planted my flag and said he was going to be the fullback number one on the season, but uh, injury sort of curved that a little bit. I still think by point per game, he's going to be well ahead of the number two option in the position. So yeah, in my mind, he is a must have. It's just about how we can go about getting him into the side. Cause I, I don't know about you boys. As we said earlier, we've, I've got 13 trades left. Um, I, the guys I have to trade out aren't quite expensive enough for me to nuff down and then ex- um, go up to a 930k dude. So it's going to be a couple of down trades to get this one guy in. And uh, how much am I willing to break my side apart to get him in? I was going to throw it to Alex. <laughs> yeah. Guys like Jed Cartwright are your absolute uh, must-haves this week if you are trying to get this guy in. Because there's no way, unless you're trading in or trading out a gun, say maybe we focus on the, the fullback position for this week. Um, James Tedesco, is, is he worth trading out in the run home? He's been a little bit flat, uh, you know, going forward. 
Or do you go a guy like Pappenhausen for almost 300K more, if not more, than uh, Latrell Mitchell? There's so many options this week. I mean, this is this is a really big call. I think I'd rather be sitting on the side that has Pappenhausen right now. But as for this week, I think the price tag is just too much. Uh, Alex? No, you're gone, Lucky. No, you're right, right, Alex. What's up? (laughs) Uh, I'm just going to say, if anyone's trading at James Tedesco this week, don't. Uh, It just seems like the most ridiculous move. The the fullbacks for your run home needs to be Pappenhausen and then either Luttrell, Hines, or Teddy. And then Hines, either be fullback, or if you have another gun halfback besides Cleary, like a Hughes or DCE, then keep Hines at fullback. But personally, I think it should be Pappy and then either Latrell Teddy and then Cleary Hines. So if you've already got Teddy, then you're sweet. Go a different avenue to get Pappy, but you did not need to go Teddy to Pappy. Uh, last four games, oh sorry, last five or six games for Teddy, that was right when I was on the podcast last and I was saying how hard the Roosters run is because they had... Para twice, Penrith twice, Sharks in Melbourne in those six games. And in that time, Teddy's still averaged 76 points. And now they're on the run home. They're not in the eight. They're still two points behind eighth. They're going to be gunning for it hard. And they don't have a bad run either. They've got the Dragons, Knights, Manly. Um, their last two games against the Tigers in Melbourne. So, I mean, I would still back Teddy to be averaging 80 over the, well, from now to the end. Definitely De- not trying. Devil's advocate. Pappenhausen, not a buyer, 130K, 106 break even. He had a very fortuitous fortuitous run home against Manly last week. They gave up, what, three tries against the mighty Cowboys, but then they give it up to the very inferior Storm. Like, I mean, that was a dreadful last 10 minutes for them. Are we almost reading into this the same way we read into CSC for Talakai against Morgan Harper? That, uh, what was it, two months ago, if not more? Uh, going forward, Pappenhausen, very fresh off injury. Yeah, I um, don't think you can compare I don't know. those two scenarios because just you know, did. It, well, even looking at Pappenhausen this year, he's got a 107, a 193, a 155, a 107 um, before last week. So he's got the runs on the board. He's proven he can do it consistently, whereas um, Sifa had that one massive game and has been pretty decent around that. But um you know, Pappenhausen just, he is a game breaker. He might be quiet for games, but he's the same as Teddy or the same as um, you know, Latrell to a lesser extent. It only takes one decent play that these guys can really get going. And Pappenhausen's the best of the best of them at, in that respect. Playing in a top two side, top three side at worst by the looks of things. Um, and once they get their guys back from origin, they're going to be much stronger. And, I, you know, he's a must-have in my book. I agree with Alex. One of the others, uh, Tedesco, Latrell, I would be personally putting, and I will be putting Hines up as a backup halfback so I can fit two of these guys in, but Pappenhausen has to be there. And mm. his break-even of 106, that's far from unattainable for him. He, as you said, he scored that in the last 10 minutes of last week. Yes, it was a freak run and all that sort of stuff, but he put on 100 points in, in 10 minutes, so not out of the realm of possibility. And... uh Mate, just look at the next couple of weeks. After the Sharks, they got the Raiders, Bunnies, Warriors, Titans. That's You're going to be crapping yourself if you don't have him. Only three games at home. Amy Park against Raiders, Titans, and then Roosters for the next, 
what's that? Geez, almost nearly 10 games to go. I don't know. I think Amy Park does a lot for Pappenhausen and the Storm. I just think there's a that uh, that first 70 minutes. I don't know. It just gave me a bit of pause. Like Manly gave up at the end there. Pappenhausen streaked through for a couple of tries. That won't happen yeah, every single week. I think that was his first 70 minutes back in about two months of playing. So it's it, it depends how you look at it. Like I did toy with the idea of not bringing Pappy in this week and bringing in just Latrell and then three other you know guns like Maddo Lane players like that Katoa, but I think it's uh, I just it's impossible to bring him in after this round if you don't bring him in. Um, otherwise, you're setting yourself up for failure, really, because if you're going up against Pappy next week or the week after in a head-to-head, you almost go into it thinking you're going to lose and. No, it's just going to affect your team so badly if you don't get them in, especially now. Luckily, mm. I've found a, I've found a pretty crazy way. I'll, I'll go into it a bit later on when we're talking about trades for this week, but I've got a bit of a crazy way to bring them both in. Interesting. Uh, I is. mean, for me, mate, it's crazy. Setting myself up for failure is uh, downloading the Supercoach app every single year. So I don't know. I'm more than happy to uh, stick my neck out and think Ryan Pappenhausen is not as uh, big of a buy as people think. Tedesco and uh, Latrell Mitchell, I think they're the guys. I think they can match it uh, with Pappy in the run home. Such a huge price tag. I don't know. I just, I just don't think it's worth. It is a huge unless price you've tag, got, yeah. unless you've got. If you're sacrificing players, which you know, if you're trading a gun out to pick this guy up, I don't know. I think if you've got surplus funds, absolutely go hell for leather. But if you, you know, shuffling and, and trying to squeeze players in, I'm interested to hear how you've done it. Uh, Alex, later in the pod, but um, I don't know. I just think there's enough there to suggest Pappy might just be a uh, an avoid for the time being. And that's that's also just me as a non-owner, just praying to God that he has a down week. But also, you know, bad weather, lack of home games is a bit there. Um, all right. How about we get into the uh, the bye week trade-outs? Like you've eyed off a couple here, Payne Haas, Talakai, and some of the Bulldogs uh, from the last few weeks that have gone quite well, Max King and Karaz. So the guys that we're trying to make room for, uh, obviously they need to uh, have a couple of guys that we're trading out. So maybe starting with Payne Haas, what's your read on him, Lakey? Uh, the shoulder concern is, a, uh, I guess, a big one yeah. going forward and into the back end of the season. Yeah, it was only, was it last week, maybe the week before, we spoke about Haas and I said he's a keeper, um, don't trade him out, but... That was on the basis that he'd be missing an origin game and be back. But now he's he's said to be out two to three weeks. He has been carrying all those injuries. He's struggling a lot. So I'm wavering on that thought. And I'm thinking now he might be worthwhile trading out. He's sub 500, so it's not going to break the bank if you want to get him back in at the back end of the season. Um, and he could be worthwhile shifting out for a guy that plays this week and, and you can and get an extra number and a couple of points on the board. I'm thinking from looking at my side, uh, he's the one that stands out to me as an out for the time being. I think hugely contingent on having trade numbers there, as you said. But uh, Alex, thoughts on Haas? Yeah, this one's a bit tricky. I actually have never ho- owned Haas this entire season. I've decided to go anti-pod. That didn't work out in my favor because he averaged bloody 80 over the first five or six weeks. Um, it's paid off now, but in regards to selling him now, it's a bit uh, 480k. He doesn't really give you back a lot of options. Um, mm. You know, with, with the other people, there's people that everyone owns, the Karazas, 
uh, you know, Talakai's or Crichtons, stuff like that, people who are going to trade out this round. Haas is a well and truly proven super coach gun um, who desperately needed this time off. He should not have played last game, let alone 45 minutes straight on that shoulder. I don't know what the hell Kevy's doing, but he after this time off, he's probably coming back and averaging, you know, 70 for the rest of the season. And if you ha- still own him after the next two weeks when he comes back, he's probably more in pod territory. He's probably going to be less owned than Tarpany, and they could match for the rest of the way home. So I actually think holding him is probably a better option, mm. unless forced otherwise. If that's if holding Haas is stopping you from getting Pappy, then trade Haas. But if you have the you know ability to hold Haas and still get the players like Pappy in, then yeah, I'd definitely definitely say hold Haas because you know for, who knows he could come back and average seventy seventy five for the last five weeks of the season, and that's over Supercoach Finals. Mm. He's not a 482k player. I think it's safe to say that we know what Payne Haas can do. He's a premium option in that front row forward rotation. And as you said, 482 really doesn't give you a lot. Uh, you look at some of the guys around him for this week that we'll get into, the Offerhand Goways and, and those sort of guys, there are almost 100k, if not more, than this guy. So I don't know, you're not, uh, you're not getting a lot of bang for your buck trading him out at probably his lowest. So I don't know. I, I kind of agree with you. Um, Talakai, maybe we move to him. He is a, a man that we, a lot of us have uh, had for quite some time, hasn't kicked on as we'd hoped he would. If you jumped on him early, obviously prior to that Manly game, Jesus Christ, you've, uh, you know, you'll sit pretty with him. But Talakai going forward, playing number 17 in origin, will miss this week. Is he a long-term hold Lakey? Yes, I think so. The the simple fact that he's that he's playing in centre wing, um, he you can play him in centre wing in your super coach side, and he's still knocking up fifties and sixties. Um, that's invaluable. If he was purely only able to be played in the second row, then I, I could I, I would be much happier to trade him out. But I think he's worthwhile holding on because there's not too many guys that are going to outscore you know, 60 points a game, 50 points a game on a week-to-week basis in the center wing. It's such a volatile position where it's nice to have a nice, safe guy there. Um, yeah, and it's a bit like Haas. Who are you trading him to? You've got to chump up another 100K to get an Alex Johnson or something of the like who can go gangbusters, but you don't want to trade him down to anybody because there's no one worthwhile. Not even Jed Cartwright? Not, not even, no. <laughs> yeah, don't know about that. He's a gun. So Talakai's had two down weeks, so 39 and 54. Before that, he had a 79 and a 65 when it looked like he might have turned the corner a couple of attacking stats. But uh, I don't know. You look around, if you've already got, and most people do, a guy like either uh, Tungo, Isaac Tungo, or uh, Ewan Aitken, so I thought Aiken was really good and impressive over the weekend. If anyone's hung on to him, uh, no signs of that concussion history that he's got. But he was quite involved. I just think a guy uh, like either Aitken, who's in second row and will get that base, or Tungo that's in the Panther side and obviously an attacking juggernaut is way more valuable than Talakai. So if you're coming down to those sort of guys, I mean, Talakai is the one that has to make way. He's been... Not dreadful, but poor for for quite a while. Surely there's enough attacking weapons around him in that shark side. Alex, are you an owner? Or- 
Yeah, I got Talakai after that round seven game. So I've only lost a healthy 230K on him, thankfully. Um, in that time, he's averaged about 55 for me. Uh, I do actually see him as a trade out this round just because I do need to trade one of him, Tungo, or uh, Angus Crichton. And yeah, Talakai just has not been hitting his straps. Like he's had the average, he's had a couple of good games where he's had that 65, 79, but he's had. Four games under 50 since that Manly game, so out of the last eight or seven games. He's only gone above 60 twice. I know I just don't see a lot of upside in him anymore. Now, after he's had those tons against you know Newcastle, Melbourne, Manly, he's really not been delivering and he's been you know kind of a weak spot in my team most weeks. Uh, whereas the likes of Isaac Tungo and Crichton, they've been still very solid you know, bar last week. But, yeah, no, I think Talakai makes way for me. Uh, on the other side, though, uh, just looking at the draws and, and how I've done all the strength of schedules, I actually think the Sharks have the best head-to-head finals run for Supercoach. So one thing that does worry me about trading him out is that I'm losing that kind of Sharks play for the finals where I think they do have by far the easiest run. Um, so that's the only thing kind of making me hesitate on it. But, yeah, I'd... I'd I don't really like him in my team at the moment. He's been pissing me off quite a bit. So obviously we all own Hines here, but if you're saying that Sharks have a really good run, is there a player or players that you'd rather be on than Talakai in that run home? Uh, If I'm not on Talakai, I'd probably go Katoa. I've already got Molotalo, so I've already got Molotalo Hines. But on the other side of them having a really good finals run, they've also got a really crap run from now until about round 2021. Uh, They've got Melbourne... Uh, they've got Melbourne and Cowboys without their Origin players. So Melbourne Cowboys missing their Origin players because I'm assuming Cowboys won't make them back up two days after the Origin game. Damn well, got... they should though. <laughs> oh, pardon up. Our 17 Origin players <laughs> yeah. back up. They've got Penrith and then Souths. And Souths are you know, playing somewhat decently nowadays. But then after that, they've got the really good run from 21 to 25. So I probably wouldn't look at bringing in any Sharks players between now and then. But, yeah, around 21, I'd definitely look at uh, bringing in a Katoa or even Talakai back at that stage for the easy run because he'd probably be a fair bit cheaper. I'd probably get him for like 450 400, uh, to 450-500K. to 500K. So I may as well cash him in on now, bring in players who will score points for me between now and then. You guys and your just ridiculous amount of trades. I have six <laughs> left after this week. You on your grand plans to bring all these players back. Lakey. Uh, moving on from the Sharks, Bulldogs, they were a round 13 target, and I think they've done pretty mm-hmm. well for us. We think of the likes of Max King quite early on and even Jacob Carraz, Jack Avarillo uh, over those sort of bye weeks and beyond. But they're looking like trade-out targets. Is there uh, anyone, well, anyone that you'd be thinking of keeping around if you did own them as a Bulldog? Uh, I'm, I'm pretty reluctant to trade-out Max King. Um He's just gone strength to strength over the last month. I think he's averaging 60 um, in his last five games. Since moving into the prop rotation, um, he's played either lock or prop over the last couple of weeks and he's mm. just been killing it. But um, And he's gained dual flexibility, which is something we hadn't spoken about. He originally front row forward only. He's now avail- or able to be moved down to second row forward if you need him. So he's got that... Um, that flexibility with Ice and Tom Alolo and for you, Jazzy, Joe Offa-Hungawe, um, to flick back and forth if you need those guys on any given week. So it's it's he's one that I'm very reluctant to trade out, but 
as you said, he's done his job. We got him almost basement price. Same with Karaz, and they've they've made three hundred k. Um, they've played through the bye week, which was we won and four, and they're getting their bye here. We can now on trade them to a guy who's going to play the rest of the way out and potentially be better off. Uh, I, I'm a lot more willing to trade Karaz than I am for Max King. Um, let's put it that way. I think uh, mm. Karaz will be making his way from my side uh, first, and then if I need to, Max King will follow. But um, I'll see what I can do about holding on to him. Yep. 100% on board with that. I think Karaz as a center wing, a lot more value there to trade up. But Max King, under 500K. But I think, as you said, like genuine play you can probably look at in your 17 for the run home, particularly if he maintains that starting prop role. Last week he had a bit of a down one with only 48 minutes. Before that he'd been sort of around that hour mark. But, geez, otherwise he just looks to get involved, throws offloads, uh, gets his work done. Huge. Yeah, I He's been massive, you say. He's jumped his uh, minutes up over 20 per game since round 11. But I will say it's sort of coincided with Luke Thompson's um, absence. He's been over back in the UK dealing with some family issues, so we all wish him well and hope everything's okay there. But I saw um, Gus Gould tweet out today that they're expecting Thompson to be back either end of this week or uh, early next week. So there's potential he comes back in at round 18 and sort of pushes Max King down the pecking order a little bit. The way he's playing, I think they're going to be hard-pressed to do that. Uh, he, I think he deserves the minutes and he needs to be out there. And what TPJ just hurt his ankle or something as well, so he's out for a couple of weeks. Um, correct me if I'm wrong on that one. but um, So I think there's minutes there. It could get cloudy. It's, a, it's really up in the air about how his what his role is going forward. Hmm. Alex, any other thoughts? Yeah, I'd be surprised if Luke Thompson's in the team, especially, or potentially on the bench for round 18. But if he's in the team for round 18, I'd be quite surprised. I think that kind of lines up perfectly with Payne Haas. So as Max King starts to lose his role back to Luke Thompson is when Payne Haas should be coming back from the injury. And they, uh, Max King is currently more expensive than Payne Haas. And Max King's probably got to make a bit of money because he's averaged 63 over the last five rounds. Um, and Payne Haas is going to be losing money. So that's, I mean, if you have the trades for it, it's, it might be a bit luxury, but... Yeah, Max King to Payne Haas will actually make you money and get you Payne Haas back into your team. Hmm. Uh, it's definitely interesting. I mean, as like you mentioned, the Max King dual flexibility is huge, particularly in this run home if you don't have trades. That's one huge thing I'm looking at is that, geez, if I've got to you know, scramble for 17 at some point, given my six trades after this round, I might need uh, these sort of guys just as a, uh, a pinch hitter. Or two. All right, boys, let's get into the pod trade-ins this week. So we talked about the likes of uh, Pappenhausen, Luttrell, uh, Pole, the cheapy Ford from the Tigers. But we're going to have a look at some of the guys that uh, maybe a little left of centre. So, Lakey, you've jotted a few down here. I'll throw over to you, Alex, later on as well if you've got anyone else. But uh, top of your list, and maybe I'll let you take this one away, is Sean Lane, a guy you spoke about a couple of weeks ago. 3.3% ownership, 80-minute uh, regular for Parramatta. What do you like about him? I just like the combination he's formed with Dylan Brown. I mean, it's no secret my love of Dylan Brown. We've we've spoken about that over the last, what, four or five years, Juz, but um, it, he's just clicking with Sean Lane, putting some short balls on, putting Lane through and Lane's either crossing the line himself or um, pushing that on for the try to his outside men. His last five weeks, they've had a pretty 
soft draw, I'll say, against Manly, Canberra, Bulldogs, Sydney, and South. But um, his lowest score in that time is 59, followed by 72. Um, otherwise, he's got a couple of 90s and, and an 80 in there. So he's just going huge at the minute. His base is well into the 60s as well. So um, I, I don't think... I think we're overlooking him based on other guys, even in his team. Isaiah Papali is far more popular. Ryan Madison was um, went through his purple patch and he was everyone's favourite for a couple of weeks there. But, you know, injury sort of stalled that out a little bit. Sean Lane just seems to be the forgotten man in that side. And I think he's been performing better, as good, if not better, than the other two guys that I just mentioned. So he is expensive. What's he, 600 and... 13. 13K. Um, but he's got a relatively low break even of 37, which, you know, he's only missed that twice this year against the Cowboys was one where you guys smoked Mighty him. Cowboys. Yes, you guys absolutely smoked him, which was really put you... Really, when you announced yourselves to the competition, wasn't it, against Parramatta? So, but, I said um, that five years ago. It's just taken a little bit of time. Yeah, well... <laughs> But maybe on Sean Lane. So we, we're tossing a guy like him up against, say, a Ryan Madison, who we all mm. know and love and we know what he can do. But is there something to be said about the fact that we know he's an 80-minute player on the edge and that's it? As opposed to Ryan Madison, he's at lock. Sometimes he's on the bench. Sometimes he could be at second row. Uh, the, the, and he's a bit more of an injury concern. Yes. Lane seems to be consistently playing where Madison can come in and out of games because of injuries. So. Yeah, it's a, it's maybe a, it's a little bit of a safer play than Madison. Maybe doesn't quite have the ceiling that Madison has, but I feel like he's uh, he can be relied on a lot more on the run home. Alex, any thoughts? Oh, I'm actually quite upset Madison was named because the way my trades mm. are this week, I can bring in one of Madison or Lane. So I was kind of hoping Madison wasn't named so that I was forced to play, uh, forced to get Lane in. Um, I'm actually a bit annoyed Lane's gone this good because to start the season, I had Lane and Brent Naden as my two worst players in the whole comp. Absolutely despise him. I thought he was <laughs> honestly barely New South Wales gut ready, but he's obviously come out and he's, uh, he's proven, he's proven me hey, wrong. 50-50. Oh, you you <laughs> there, Brent Naden, not to well, be seen. And, and last year, Sean Lane was New South Wales Cup, barely. So, uh, yeah, I just thought he was absolutely awful, but now I'm considering bringing him into my Supercoach side, which I thought I'd never, ever, ever say. Uh, yeah, it's over the last five weeks since he's got since he's been consistently playing eighty minutes, he's he's got like fifty two in base in average over the last five weeks. I'm pretty sure, and him previously would have been getting about thirty in base, and then occasionally getting the odd try. But yeah, he's had five tries this fifty two in base the last five weeks. His next two matchups are the Tigers and New Zealand. After that, they'll have a bit of a harder run, but I mean, the, he's putting him up against tougher teams. South Roosters, Canberra been pretty solid. Manly been pretty solid. He's not doing it against nobodies, so I think there's definitely hey. a shout to bring him in. Plus, it's an extra 60k saved. Now he scored 59 on the Dogs, who absolutely told, tore him apart, and he scored 72 on South, who tore him apart. So he's doing it in losing efforts as well. Yeah, absolutely. Like, he's, he's not really having bad games. Um, no. like, even that, that Dogs game scored 59 points, 55 in base. Yep, yep, exactly right. So uh, there's something to be said for... The, the way he's going about it this year, he seems to have clicked for him. And last year, I, I think 
if I remember correctly, they um, experimented with Moses on the left and Dylan Brown playing right, but I've gone back to the preferred sides this year and it's just, it's working. Whatever's happening with Dylan Brown wasn't happening with Moses last year. One thing as well with Eels, um, if you look back on their games this year, every time they've lost, they've come out and won pretty decently the next week. So like when they, whenever they've lost to, you know, a, a team that's not going that great. They come out and beat Penrith the next week, or Melbourne the next week, or you know they're the pumping. Roosters. Yeah, they're and I feel bad for the Tigers. I feel bad yeah, well, for that's the Tigers. Like, that's this why week. I, Jesus. That's why I went months to Dylan Brown last week to more in preparation for for this week because I honestly and the Eels are only missing one player. Yep. So I just think they're going to go to absolute town on the Tigers, and that's yeah, that's that. Why I'm definitely bringing in either Maddo or Lane. Um, I just haven't decided. I, I probably will lead Maddo, but Lane's not out of the question, definitely. And he's, I, I wouldn't argue against anyone wanting to bring him in this week, unless it's over, perhaps. Sounds like a, uh, yeah, I don't know, a pretty safe risk to take. Old big bad Shawnee Lane, unless he saves his worst for last, which we have seen in Supercoach before. Uh, moving to the Sharks, Sione Katoa, another pod that you've got down here, Lakey, 2.2% ownership, a lot of love going either the way of Talakai, as we've spoken about, or Ronaldo Mulatalo, who plays on probably the more favourable left side. Mm-hmm. Correct mm-hmm. me if I'm wrong. Uh, but Katoa on the right edge um, probably doesn't get as much quality ball, but a cheaper avenue into the Sharks attacking Arsenal. What do we reckon, Lakey, about why would you be going him over some of the other more, I don't know, likable counterparts? Because he's a try scorer and that's what he does. And he's been doing it well the last few weeks. Um, I mean, they've only, they've, they've only played New Zealand, the Titans and the Bulldogs, but the, the Titans really took it to them. Um, the Sharks didn't win by too much there. The Bulldogs have been playing good footy of late. And Katoa's still crossing the stripe, playing outside of Hines on that right edge. Hines has clicked a little bit. You know, he went through a bit of a slump, but he's clicked the last couple of weeks. And Katoa's been the benefactor, um, especially with Jesse Ramian inside uh, him. He he seems to draw a lot of uh, a couple of bodies because he's so hard to put down. And then he can just put Katoa away. And with his speed, it's tough to stop him when they're in try-scoring proximity. So he's getting over the line. As Alex said before, they got a tough couple of weeks with Melbourne, Cowboys, Penrith in the next three. But that run home is so juicy. He could have some massive games. Mm. And Jesse Ramian, no show. Alex? I had Jesse Ramian last year, and he was one of my favorite people in Supercoach. But this year, no, I just can't get around it. And and actually, so I'm going to agree with Lakey here. I think Katoa is definitely a buy. I've considered him very strongly this week. Um, But I've, I've found a different trade that I like a bit better. But... To argue the point he made about Ramian, I'd actually say Ramian's the thing that's hurting Katoa the most. Uh, if you like, uh, Ramian has cost Katoa about five open tries in the last five or six weeks, purely from not making the pass. He's throwing it above his head, throwing it at his feet. Any other centre beside him, I reckon Katoa is probably worth six hundred and fifty k right now. Yeah, I just I know like Ramian creates a lot of opportunities by the his gravitational pull, if you will, the, the players he draws in. You're right. He could hit the ball and Katoa would be crossing a lot more often. But I don't know. I think if you put a, a different guy there, like you said, then maybe they he's not as a tackle buster like Ramian is and they don't need to double, triple team him just to get him down. So, yeah, 
It's um, it's an interesting combination they've got. I do know from being a Knights fan, Ram- Ramian does love to go himself too, but he seems to be doing that a little bit less this year. Yeah, it just seems like he's allergic to getting the ball to Katoa on his chest. <laughs> Classic Ramian. Yeah. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Moving on from uh, the Shark Centers, I might throw to you here on this one, Alex, because you're a Dragons aficionado. And uh, why should we go Moses Suley, 2.8% owned over a Zach Lomax, a safer option at the back? Oh, uh, I don't know if you do. I, I, I guess the only thing that Moses has over Suli is uh, sorry. The only thing that uh, Suli has over Lomax is the the pod. He, he's just uh, heads and shoulders less owned. He as Lomax is owned by you know maybe fifteen percent of people. I think off the top of my head. Whereas yeah, Suli's very low owned, and Suli's coming out every week with a good base base attack. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd I've I think I've said on the pod before that Lomax is the only dragon that I'd consider buying myself. Everyone else I'd like to clear steer of. As a 1K or top 1K super coach, would you be going near Lomax at all? Uh, no, I think it's too far gone now. I sh- I probably should have gone him earlier in the season, but he just doesn't have the upside. Like, he's obviously got the base and he's such a good player. He's going to bring out nothing less than a 45 each week. And then if he gets attacking stats or dragging the playing well, he's kicking goals, he'll pump out the 60s and 70s. But... Yeah, he just doesn't have the upside I'm looking for, uh, like a Katoa Wood or yeah, even a Lane or Matter at this point. Hmm. Okay, all right, Lakey, let's pivot back to the Fords. The Big Bad Cheese, 8.7% ownership here. Brandon Smith, he is a, uh, well, comes at a huge discount on his starting price, almost, I think, 240000 yeah. which may be a record, haven't looked into it, but obviously uh, had a pretty poor season so far. In 2022, he's got a bit of love, I think, because of that price tag, including myself this week. But uh, the cheese, what do we read into him this week and also in the run home? Yeah, I I put him here as a bit of a cautionary tale because I saw he was top four, top five most traded in Mm. player on the week. And I think it's because he had a decent game last week. He had a 66, but he scored a try, and I think he had the line break associated with that. So without those, he's back down to around 30s, you know, high 30s, low 40s, which has kind of been where he's at all season. I don't – I think anybody making this trade and grabbing him, and if that's what you just said you're doing, Charles, I think you probably end up regretting it. Um, it the dual flexibility is nice. Um, you can switch him up. If Harry Grant gets hurt, you can, you can exactly. play him exactly. up there if Harry Grant's out. Um, but even in games without Grant this year, I don't think Cheese has done all that well. Um, no, he hasn't. He's been awful. No, that's what I mean. So <laughs> I, I just don't see the appeal of him this year, and people have seemed to be so excited to to get him in. Round 17 play without Harry Grant. Don't care how he's gone without him. It's it's a bye week. No one defends in the bye week. And then going forward, if you're like me and you've got uh, a few guys that can be flicked around between second rower and hooker, um, I think I've got Cam McInnes still. A guy, like Har- that, uh, a guy like Brandon Smith is hugely valuable, particularly if you don't have trades, especially if you don't have trades. Do you plan so on Harry- keeping McInnes past this week? I, I may just have to. 
given yeah, I have you six don't, he trades. Has any trades left. Can't get rid of him. <laughs> I don't really care. That's the that's the point about this this time of year. You just look beyond the price tag or the break even. You just like this is a warm body that I can park on my bench. He's not yeah. going to be a horrible eighty nightmare, and and you just move on with. Is it? I'll um I'll backtrack on what I said just a second ago. I've gone back and pulled up their stats side by side for where they've played. Um, where where Smith has played when Grant hasn't. So it was round one against the Tigers, and Brendan Smith played three minutes before getting hurt for one point. So we can mm-hmm. pretty much exclude that one. Mm-hmm. Played round three against Parramatta, where I believe Grant had COVID after just coming back the week before, and um, she's had 102. And then he played against Manly in round 12 for a 54. So it's not been as dire, but uh, only one. Other game, excluding last week, only one other game before that was over 45 points, and that was against the Warriors in round seven. So he's, he's been very down on what he was, especially last year. But, um, you know, this is the, the Kiwi hooker, the, um, the incumbent test hooker, and he's just not performing at that level this season. Those blonde tips will uh, wash away soon enough, and he'll be back to normal. I reckon Roosters have got a good one there. Brandon Smith back to his finest form. Alex, any final word on uh, B Smith? Uh, I'm an owner. I did it to handcuff Grant, um, but I haven't. Uh, the only time I've played Brandon Smith since I got him, which was quite a few weeks ago, was last game, and that wasn't even strategically. It was for the storyline of the game. Killed it. Yeah, that was he, he didn't even get the line break for it because it was when he did the one on one strip about ten meters out after the kickoff. Yeah, so, that's right. No line, that yeah, that. so sixty six with the try. 76 with the line break, but, you know, no line break. Um, yeah, I literally only got him to handcuff Grant, so I had to Melbourne hook him no matter what. But mm. I would not recommend trading him in because if when Grant's back, he's only playing 30 or so minutes off the bench and will only get 30 points because for some reason they just don't go to him and attack. He's not diving over from dummy half anymore. You so don't that's where think- most points came. Last week when Grant was there, Grant played 80 at hooker and they played cheese in the 13. They pushed um, Josh King back to the bench. You don't think that's going to be the plan going forward? No, I think they're so much better as a team with Josh King starting. And I think Bellamy now can see that, that they were down 36 to 6 or whatever they were. Um, Josh King got the start this week at lock. Obviously, Grant's out, so cheese gone to 13, but... I think as a team, they're better with um, Brandon Smith coming off the bench and Josh King taking that first sting at 13. Okay, boys, final one on the run sheet for pods this week, but uh, big one for me, Joe offerhen Goway. I made the uh, brilliant genius expert move of bringing him in last week. Brought me all the way to 12,000th. Uh, so I'm flying high. Joe offerhen Goway, huge for the Tigers so far this year. Made 202K. Uh, since round three, has not dipped below uh, more than 50, oh, almost almost an hour of game time, only two occasions. So two occasions since round three. He's had a huge stint on the park week after week. There's no other Tigers forward that are taking hit-ups. There's no other Tigers forward taking minutes. This guy is just Paul Gallon levels of shit hit-ups, making tackles, six under 600K, Surely everyone's got to bring this bloke in this week, Lakey. Yeah, mate, I'm a I'm a big fan and I'm doing what I can to get him. The reason I threw him on the run sheet this week, because you and I have been singing his praises for a couple of weeks now. I wanted to hear Alex mostly take. Me. Mostly yeah, me. Yeah, mostly you. You have been riding him <laughs> hard. Um, but yeah, I wanted to see Alex take on him. Are you an owner, Alex, and what's your thoughts? No, I don't want any reason to watch a Tigers game. 
That's, so a, fair being, That's a fair call. Clear. Yeah. Uh, no, I'm not an owner. I don't really plan on getting him in just purely because I don't want to touch my front row. I've got Papali'i and Tarpani up there with um, Max King as my third, so I'm pretty set up there. Second row as well, uh, I don't know, it's just... He's not an exciting player to, to watch. He doesn't have a huge upside, which is more what I'm looking for at this stage of the game. But then 90. 90 from a front rower is an upside, yeah. is it not? Yeah, Tigers nowadays, though, like they, I can't really see him getting that, that often. I know he's got 80-plus three out of the last five weeks, but how many times are the Tigers actually going to score points, especially with Dewey in the centres? He scored what they scored two points over the weekend. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> yes, well, yeah, he did get the eighty-seven in on pretty much all base. Funnily enough, it was the weird grubber kick in the last second of the game that somehow got a force drop out. Yeah, <laughs> got him six points. I know. I, I'm all for getting it. Joe off. He's just not for me. Like I, I can't argue him getting him in, but I'm pretty happy with tapping him. Papaliti up there. It's, it's funny. I don't know about you guys. It just feels dirty to me playing these types of guys, like a dual position guy, playing him in the second row when you can have him up in the front row. and, mm. and Yeah, space I don't have any front else. rowers in my second That's row. Like, it's, it's a weird <laughs> thing. It's a weird little mindset that I've got that I probably need to get over, but, yeah, it just feels wrong. Just before we wrap up pods, mate, uh, I don't think we had this guy down anywhere and we may have spoken about him, but David Norfoluma, uh, he is 2% owned, obviously a pretty down week last week against... The Warriors, but uh, before he came back from injury, and you'd spoken about him, Lakey, he'd scored quite well. Yeah. 89, 102, 67, got injured, came back, 27, 58, 33. We know the Tigers are going poorly, but Norfolk, I thought, has looked for the ball a little bit more than previous years. Uh, much to love, 484K? No, not for me. The, he's the exact same price as Edric Lee. 400, there's 600 dollars difference between them nofo's break even at 72 and edrix is negative 59 sorry it would have been about 120k before oh absolutely absolutely (laughs) but my point is if you're going to get a guy in for the bye week this week you're probably not going to play nofo too often on the run home no not at all spend the exact same money get edrick lee right if he scores goes back to a 40 average over the next two weeks he makes 115k or something like that and then you can grab one of the origin guys off the back end of it in two weeks all right that's if you've got the trades juzzy which i know you don't but i think for the same price play it smarter i don't think i don't have any interest in nofo now he's just not getting the yeah, the tight Put yourself guys. in your shoes five months ago. Lakey, did you ever envision telling people at this stage of the year to go Edric Lee? Absolutely not. But absolutely not. But I never envisioned he scored five <laughs> tries and and score one seventy two <laughs> points. But it's more about just riding the um, price rise up. Because if it's say if in two weeks' time he's he scored eighty points over the next two weeks, he's over six hundred K and you can pretty closely trade him to Teddy for twenty five, thirty K roughly. Interesting. Alex, uh, final one for you, Mike Acevo, a guy I was looking at uh, and I'm still tempted to go because gives you an avenue into the Parramatta side who we know are match-up dependent. But Mike Acevo, any love in his three games? Uh, maybe after his first game back, but no, I'm not a fan now. Like he, they could, he could score decently this week and next, but he's more of a match-up play because you know, he'll get 10s uh, against the tougher teams and that's what he's got from 19, 20, 
and debatably 21-22. If the Bulldogs are playing like they are now, the 23-24 and 24 against the Broncos. So there's no real matchup I'd confidently play him in besides next, uh, besides this week and next. Uh, and I just don't have him as a trade-in just for two rounds, just to flick him, because he probably won't even make that much money between now and then. Yeah, like, I- I'm not an Edric Lee advocate whatsoever, but if you're deciding between Marcus Hiver and Edric Lee, get Edric Lee in. But I mean, personally, wouldn't I'd say get neither. <laughs> yeah, and that's the same boat I'm in. I'm not going near Lee personally, but um, I think if you're going to spend that money, you may as well get the benefit of a price rise out of it. Yeah, either go 100k more. For- Jumped early. <laughs> I thought we were Sorry. done with this nonsense, Edric Lee talk. But <laughs> no, anyway, if, you, if you're debating between players like that, get the extra 100k, go Katoa, or go for a cheapie, and then save that bank for next week. Okay, we're good. <laughs> Nothing else about Edric Lee. All right, that's, <laughs> that's the last we'll ever hear about him on the SC report. Captains and vice captains. I thought we'd uh, throw that little. Loop in there. Lakey, I might start with you because obviously the teamless Tuesday guy, you've looked at the uh, the matchups and potentially the weather. I've had a quick uh, look at the radar. Sydney looks awful. So uh, just wanting to throw to you a couple of matchups this week that look a little tantalising, but are you having some pause with some of the dour Sydney weather that's going well, on? Well, I hadn't looked into the weather, but it does. It, it will play a factor. Um, if it's wet... You- Nico's your man. The guy absolutely tears teams apart in the rain. He had a 96 oh, last week and, and he could barely see the screen half the time. But um, So it might give us a little pause on on bringing in or captaining Pappy if it's going to be that wet down there on Thursday night. Um, but, yeah, it, it's all these games bar the Broncos-Dragons on Sunday. They're all played down in Sydney. It looks like it's going to be a real dire weekend. Newcastle Bunnies in Newcastle. I think Sydney is oh, dreadful. Is, yep. So yep. given uh, given Newcastle is not that far away, it, yeah. I assume. I'd assume it's also horrible as well. Let me get it up. Uh, oh, Friday night. There you mm-hmm. go. Bright and sunny. Eight degrees. Jesus, why would you ever live down in New South Wales? Eight degrees, but there you go. So maybe Knights and Bunnies, a guy like Alex Johnson could be a play. Maybe well, I'll throw Edward it to you, Alex. <laughs> oh, I was going to jump in and say Edric Lee's my captain this week. Beat me to uh, it. You need Alex's joke corner, mate. You need a uh, a good setup time for that. Alex, I might throw to you. Who is your vice captain and captain for this week? Um, yeah, Edric Lee. Um, he's definitely up there. You know, I was really hoping you'd throw to me first because after you said no more Edric Lee talk in the pod ever again, that was going to be my first thing. But... Apologies, I jumped in. <laughs> no, it's all right. No, um, I'm really liking the look of, for VC, probably a South player, and I've got the choice of Latrell and Cody Walker, so obviously I'm going to go Latrell. Um, that does mean that, yeah, Pappy and Hines I'm leaving out. I'm happy to just let them battle it out and taking the punt on Trell and VC. For my captaincy, I'm going f- uh, completely on the eels. I think they're going to really tear... Um, Tigers a new one after their loss last week and, you know, basically got a full-strength team. So I'm either going Dylan Brown or uh, Papali'i. Uh, I'll probably decide game day, but at the moment I'm leaning Brown just for the upside. But, yeah, I'm fully going in on uh, the Eels for the captaincy. Papali'i could be huge because, obviously, 38 last week is going to turn a lot of people <laughs> off. Uh, Lakey, what are you doing? 
Uh, I was thinking very similar. Um, I'll probably go VC Nico because I don't have Pappy or Trell at this stage. I'm yet to make my trades. But, um, yeah, Dylan Brown was the guy I was targeting against the Tigers. His, um, his attacking stats and his whole attacking game has gone up this year, up a notch. So uh, he could be in for a big one. Nico Hines, VC for me. I just think that Thursday night game, I don't know what to expect. Storm and Sharks could be a very open affair, a bit of down weather. But as you said, like he somehow got 90 plus last week. I was watching that game. How the freaking hell did he do that? But there you go. He's he's had some huge games this year in the wet. It's been incredible. I think the 185 he pl- he scored against um, New Zealand was in the wet too, if I remember correctly. It wasn't. No, he just no. continued to bounce off players and I didn't own him. There you and go. then I did and then he didn't do anything like that ever again. So it was, that was <laughs> so, the game they got uh, the players sent off. Yeah, they were then, 11 versus... That's right. They were down, nine. yeah. Ramian like, shouldered someone in the head as well. Yeah, yeah it was a terrible game as a non owner but anyway i've got him as vc this week and alex johnson with the the bunnies um i reckon should dot over for a try or two so i don't know interesting i would never go him captain any other week but this week i just feel like whatever it's the week I'll for throw it, it. exactly throw, throw a punt out there so he's he a new in for you he is actually i had a look i was doing the sunday or the monday Weekly wrap, and I just had a look at some of his recent form. He's got 103, 54, 114, 114, 31, 111. I mean, you're talking five tons in your last seven games. That's huge. Um, and that's even when the bunnies have been bad. So you've got Latrell back now, uh, relatively unaffected by origin. I mean, huge run home for him. Alex Johnson must buy this week for mine. Big call. It is. I'm full of them. Oh, yep. All good. Uh, how about we get into the big call? So I've just revealed I've got a boost this week that I'm using. So my trades this week are to go uh, Brandon Smith, Sevo for the Eels, Mulatalo, Johnson in, Cotter out, Talakai, Karaz, and Hiku. So a couple of guys I'm not too sad to see waving goodbye to. But uh, Lakey, what are you doing? Uh, as I said, I'm still toying that up. I've, I've got the options of... King, Karaz, um, Haas. I want to get in Pappy, but my only avenues to him are an Ezra Mam or um, Will Kennedy. Um, so it's... Will Kennedy, I forgot you own that guy. Yeah, yeah, I grabbed him a couple of weeks ago to get the price he's sizes as well. Pretty good. And he's been good, that's right. So I'm a bit reluctant to trade either of those guys out at this stage, so I'm not sure what I'm, I'm doing yet. I'll, uh, I'll tweet it out once I figure it out. Alex? <laughs> All right. This Bear with me. I do have an explanation behind it. Uh, I'm trading Nathan Cleary. Ooh. Yeah. Let me find a soundboard. Hang on. What can I get? <laughs> oh, did you see yeah, that? Yeah, that'll do. Did you see that? Alex yeah. wasting his top 1K surefire finish <laughs> with this yeah, nonsense I'm, move. I'm, up. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to see if I can get a higher rank than you. I'm just giving up. <laughs> Why but are you trading Cleary out? My, uh, I, I've tried many different ways. To, uh, or I've, I've had a lot of different, um, you know, different trade scenarios this week, and I really wanted Luttrell in, and I really wanted Pappy in, and I, I don't have a center wing in my fullbacks because my fullbacks going into this round are Hines and Edwards. So the only way for me to really get both in was to trade a half. And I didn't want to trade at Cody Walker this round because obviously he's playing this round, so I wanted the extra number. And then the Panthers 
New South Wales Cup team came out today and they are not playing Sean O'Sullivan or Kurt Falls. Ooh. And people are saying, and I'm, and I'm also ready into it, saying that they're saving them this week so that they can play round 18 so that uh, Panthers can rest their origin stars because they're playing the Tigers. So my thought process is that I was going to sell Cody Walker after round 18 anyway. So instead of that, I will tra- I'll hold... Oh, sorry, I was going to trade Cody Walker to a Latrell or Teddy for the run home. Whereas I can get Latrell in now and hold Cody Walker, and then I can trade Cody Walker to Cleary for round 19 onwards. So I don't actually miss out on any Cleary points. I get Latrell for the next two rounds rather than waiting for him. Hmm. I've heard this all before, Lakey, and I'm sure you yeah. are in a similar boat where you say, I'll trade this absolute gun out because he's going to potentially miss this game and then he'll have a you know down week here. And then they come out and score 3,000 points that, and then you're just battling up. That's the risk. I, still have the, I do have the bank to get him in next week if he does get named. Oh, la-di-da, aren't you special, yeah. Alex? <laughs> Mr. It. 1K has you the absolute, bank. If he turns around and gets named against the Tigers, you you need oh, to okay, have him back in your side. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, exactly right. I'll, I'll so it's in. just, yeah, you've got to have, uh, yeah, he's I'll got just... the plan. The man's got the plan and I don't mm, hate it. man with the plan. Yeah, look, I do have the option with my, tra- so my, I, I'll read out my trades this week. So I'm going, I'll, I'll go through my outs first. I'm going Talakai out, uh, Cleary out, Karaz out, and Edwards out. And I'm bringing in uh, man, the myth, the legend, Jed Cartwright, uh, <laughs> Pappy and Latrell, and then either Maddo or Lane, depending on game day. But yeah, because I'm going Jed Cartwright and not another gun, that gives me 400k in the bank. So I only need 200 to go Walker, or two, two to 300 to go Walker to Cleary. Then I actually have an extra one to 200 to play with after that. Lakey, I don't know about you, but I am getting on the big bad Jed Cartwright for two times tries this week. It's just yeah, that kind of. If Alex got him, then that's good yeah. enough for me. Starting, starting second row, unreal. Uh, boys, it's been a fun week to chat to you. I think it's one of those really interesting uh, weeks in the Supercoach season. So obviously, we've got the run home to consider, but also if you need to make up numbers like a few of us do, this is the week to target. It is a huge Supercoach. Uh, well, implications are running left, right, and centre. It's been great to chat to both of you. Lakey, you're with me. Alex, you're obviously gunning for bigger and better things. So fingers crossed for you. We haven't ruined you so far, but you... I don't know. Do you see a, a ranking slip in your horizon? No, I've got 14 going into this round, so I, I think I should be okay for this round because um, I think the average is about, uh, just judging by what people are saying online and different groups and stuff, I think people are averaging about 11 or 12. So I think I should be okay for this round. The humble brags, like he's yeah, got no, so right. much money. He's got so many players this week. He's ranked in the top 1K. It's all coming up, Christy. So we'll take you him. And I, we'll take you him. You and I, I'm ahead of you, so I don't really care. I just That's all I want. And I think Joe Fitz <laughs> as well. Shout out Joe Fitz. <laughs> anyway, good luck to you, Lakey. Any final thoughts for the weekend? No, mate, just enjoy it for what it is. Knights are going to get up? Yeah, easy. It's almost a guarantee. All right. Right, two in a row. I don't, I'm sure they're paying about 2001 for the comp, but there you go. Get absolutely on them. Boys, thank you very much. I'll chat to, I guess, both of you during the week and, uh, yeah, both of you next week. See you, bud. Sounds good. Thanks. Mom. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.